Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay with God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast, and you've heard me talk about it, and if you haven't, then where have you been? So I have a really special guest. All my guests are special, but this one (laughs) is really super special, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. So in the Gay With God house today, we have an award-winning and billboard-charting artist, Flamey Grant. Flamey Grant is a shame-slaying, hip-swaying, singing-songwriter drag queen from Western North Carolina. Her 2022 debut record, Bible Belt Baby, was nominated for Best Pop Album at the San Diego Music Awards, and she is the winner of the 2023 Kerrville Folk Festival New Folk Competition. Both a powerhouse vocalist and an intrepid songwriter, Flamey blends the art of drag with her iconic folk rock sound to create a memorable musical experience. Flamey is the first drag performer to appear on Christian music charts with both her song Good Day and her album Bible Belt Baby, reaching number one on iTunes, the latter staying at the top of the consecutive for nine consecutive days. Additionally, Good Day debuted at number 20 on Billboard's Christian Digital Sales Charts. Now, y'all know that I have shared this song as many places I could possibly share Good Day, and I now have claimed this as my personal anthem. So just so you know, now the person Mm. who wrote and performed this wonderful song that speaks to me on a very deep level is in the Gay With God house. I can't believe it. I just can't (laughs) believe it. Um, Flamey has collaborated with Adeem the Artist, Jennifer Knapp, Simler, and Derek Webb, in addition to playing the New Folk Winners Showcase at the 2023 Kerrville Folk Music Festival, and has played at my beloved Wild Goose Festival in North Carolina, San Diego Pride's She Fest, and is headlining Blount County Pride in East Tennessee this September. Now, was that this past September or okay, this past? So she's already done it. You missed it. Get up with the calendar. We got to stay updated with calendar. It's no accident that Flamey's drag name is an homage to our beloved Amy Grant, the undisputed queen of Christian music and 90s chart topping pop artist. Much of Flamey's music centers on the queer spiritual journey telling stories of resilience and recovery from religious trauma in a world where LGBTQ plus people are frequently ignored by, harmed in, or rejected from religious spaces. With a bold lip, a big lash, and a blistering voice, Flamey drags audiences to a soulful, uplifting church of her own making. This down-to-earth diva has entertained music lovers from Los Angeles to Nashville with her funny, frank, and fabulous songs and she is in the house today. So, Flamey, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for um, all the details. <laughs> well, I'm I'm all about the details. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear yours. So, so when I invited you here, the the reason that I wanted you here, even though we're not, I mean, you and I can see each other and and it does record a video. It's only on audio, but I wanted you here because when I heard that song Good Day, when you talked about being on the front pew and that there you'd been at outcast and I'm like, that's it. That's it. Because me going back to church was such a huge experience for me. And, you know, this podcast, writing my memoir, and I, I have in my memoir that instead of calling it Gay with God, reclaiming my faith, honoring my story, it was really going to be Gay with God returning to the pew without puking because I was scared <laughs> to death <laughs> to go back to church and go through mm-hmm. any of that again. So your Good Day song brought my, I mean, it was like my journey, feeling like I was excommunicated and I returned and I am bold to say I will be on the front pew and I just it's just such a great song so let me just say that everything you're doing I follow you on social media you get a lot of flack you get a lot of ugliness coming at you and it just always surprises me how we as a community 
are almost expected to just roll with it and put it put with you know put it up put up with it because you know you chose that or or you decided to be outspoken about your life and and we know that's not fair so so I know you you get a lot of flack and I'm I'm just holding you in in love and in space every day for what you go through and how bold you are and how brave you are have I gushed enough have I gushed over you <laughs> you definitely have thank you <laughs> um, you know I do I do get plenty of um, the flack but I think it's important to point out that I get much more yeah support much more love like far and away um, the 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 DMs the comments that I get. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a heavily weighted scale in favor oh. of people who are here for it, happy about it, loving it, exactly everything that you just talked about. And yeah. uh, so I think yeah. that's important to, to note. Thank and um, I'm also I, I'm, I'm so glad that you feel like Good Day, you know, mm-hmm. is your story, your anthem, mm-hmm. uh, because it is, you know, that song. I, that's one of the, the few times um, I, I really entered the magic space of songwriting where I just fully kind of blacked out like mm-hmm. I don't remember writing the song I remember oh, wow. waking up and and having it you know wow. and it and, and, and that happened after an evening spent in a queer small group at the church I was attending at the time that I didn't really want to be at I I went in and uh was representing as I was I was leading music at the church I was leading worship at, the, at that church but you know, kind of maybe keeping things at an arm's length at the time. I was really mm-hmm. struggling with the term Christian and really struggling with the idea that, you know, that I actually even wanted to be in that space. Mm-hmm. And so I went to this queer small group and um, was b- amazed at the stories I heard that night um, mm-hmm. from from the people around me. And every mm-hmm. single one of them had something to say about why they stay and mm-hmm. what what gives them uh, the motivation and, and the strength, honestly, mm-hmm. to stick around in a space that is, as you've said, mm-hmm. um, super unwelcoming and super, mm-hmm. super difficult for us. Mm-hmm. So they, they all said, you know, I'm here because if I leave, I leave a void, I leave mm-hmm. a vacuum and it's mm-hmm. gonna be filled with, mm-hmm. you know, more of this uh, mm-hmm. queer phobic, um, hateful, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, ignorant, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I don't say that as an insult, but truly ignorant, like people yeah. who just don't know what queerness is, don't know who we are, yes. don't know, don't understand our culture, all of it. Right. And, um, and so I stay so that, you know, I am, I'm representing in that space. And so that the next generation of kids coming up have, have a, um, have something to see that, that I didn't, you know, I had mm-hmm. no, I had, I had nothing to look at in, in the Christian world to show me that I could be queer and Christian and, uh, loved and all of these things mm-hmm. so that really is like our story you know that yes. is that is that is the queer christians yes uh the, the ones who choose to stay that's our story and um yeah uh and, and and you know while i'm on the topic i will just say i do not think that every person should, should stay i yeah. don't think that i think that um it can be really hard to heal in the place where the harm happened yeah and that for many of us um I, you know, I, I just, I would never want anybody to feel like I'm out here saying, oh, you should stay and occupy space in Christianity. Girl, if you got to go, you got to go. You got to put <laughs> yourself first. You got to take care of yourself. Yes. Um, some of us have the, uh, you know, personality makeup to, to, <laughs> to make it work. I'm definitely one of those people. Um, I get the feeling you are too. And, yes. uh, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, but that's not, some of us need to, need to go fly, go fly girl. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because people have always said, I can't be on your podcast. Cause I'm not gay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I identify as trans or I don't, you know, I'm not gay or I'm gay, but I don't, I don't go to church. I don't have a faith. And I'm like, that's the whole point. The only reason I named this gay with God was because I was finally able to use the word God again after not feeling that I was an abomination or that I was going straight to hell for being gay. So it was Mm -hmm. my homage back to me reclaiming what was my faith. And I I so totally agree with you. Nobody has to return to their faith. Nobody has to have a certain faith. You know, it is all about what's right for you. 
And what is your story? Where did you land? And did you land on the side of not being identified as Christian because of the religious abuse? And mm-hmm. was is it just too painful? And the only reason that I wanted to write the memoir was to show people who are still dying and killing themselves because they think they're going to hell. My story was, I want you to know you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And it's not a lot of, you know, um, what do you call it? research <laughs> there's no no research <laughs> evidence in my book it's all about just my story so mm-hmm. you tell your story in song and I tell my story in words but we're both coming from a place of hurt and going to now a place of healing and I mm-hmm. I think I don't know about you but but I'm in such a good space right now but still some of those comments make you almost take your breath away and it's like whoa <laughs> there really yeah. is there really is hurt and, and hate out here so growing up in western North Carolina um, I'm I'm getting the impression that you're going to church as a young person if that's what you did was hurtful Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about the early messages you may have gotten about gay people in church some churches you know didn't even talk about it but most churches did have something to say yeah (laughs) mine was one of the ones that didn't um i I don't remember it being addressed publicly from the pulpit ever um not until not until i was 30 something and had been gone from that church for a long time I went back and um it was I was visiting my mom I surprised my mom on her birthday weekend and I went back home and um, at the time I was living in San Diego and flew home surprised mom my siblings were both there so all three of her kids were there and we all decided that we would go um go to church with mom you know like kind of do that as just, just for her, for her birthday, like let, let her have her whole, her, all her kids uh, <laughs> in church with her one time again, for the first time in probably, you know, well over a decade. Um, and we did. And I think it, because we were there, because uh, w- my, my brother is gay, I'm queer. My sister is, uh, you know, identifies as queer as well. Um, I think that uh, the, the speaker changed tack mid sermon and actually yeah. started it yeah started addressing oh. homosexuality by name from the pulpit and it was the first time in that church i'd ever actually heard it spoken wow. so that was that was wild um uh-huh. but that doesn't mean just because i didn't hear it you know as a sermon topic growing up mm. it doesn't mean the messaging wasn't there um and it, it certainly was you know i i was i, I was queer from the day I was born you know like I had (laughs) all of the impulses to you know defy the expectations that were placed on me because Mm. uh, because of the gender I was being raised as um and uh you know I I learned real early and real quickly that in order to belong Mm -hmm. in that space which Mm -hmm. it's not actual belonging if there are conditions is mm-hmm. it but um mm-hmm. Good <laughs> but point. in order to, in order to belong in that space i had to you know perform perform mm-hmm. a gender that wasn't natural for me mm-hmm. and um so you know everything from like getting in trouble for messing with my mom's makeup or you know trying on her clothes <laughs> um you know to the message the, the subtle messaging of you know like stop playing with your sister's barbies like that's not for you here's a truck <laughs> um <laughs> why don't you tr- you know why don't you try out for sports matthew let's let's go try out for basketball this year um you know all, all the things that i you know did, had no interest in and i was mm-hmm. like i just want to be the theater and music kid please can i just mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. and those things it's not that they weren't encouraged as well but um you know, the messaging was pretty, it wasn't explicit, but it was still clear. You know, mm. you, you can, you can get a point across without saying, um, of Matthew, we're afraid you're gay and we've got to change that, you know? Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. It's all the deflections, all the, that's not quite right. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> can't quite yeah. do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the protecting me from, um, uh, exposure to, mm anything in queer culture you know uh, uh, not you know not that <laughs> my family or my church knew anything about queer culture but they knew what to keep me from right mm-hmm. because uh you know i think uh implicitly they understand that if if i were to see myself represented in the world and to see queerness thriving and to see queerness doing well like i would i would then 
know that there's a place for me in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it was very, I was very intentionally kept from, um, you know, we, we, we lived in focus on the family world. Like, like mm -hmm. we, all of our entertainment was provided by, you know, rubber stamp Christian, uh, approved organizations like focus on the family and, uh, -huh. uh our look, our local Christian <laughs> bookstore is the only place I was allowed to buy music. Um, so, you know, I just, we, we I wasn't allowed to watch a whole lot of TV. So I, I was, it was very, um, protected from seeing myself represented in the world. So how did you get to be Flamey Grant? <laughs> <laughs> well, it that took was a, a bold it, move. <laughs> it took a good, it took a good 40 years. I mean, I, I didn't start drag until I was 37 and, wow. um, and, and because of the pandemic, to be frank, I had the time for the first time in my life to, you know, explore this thing that started as a hobby, started as just something I was doing for myself, um, mm -hmm. reconnecting with the kid that had those impulses that I had, you know, subsequently suppressed for yeah. decades mm. and letting that kid have, have the fantasy that they wanted to have, you know, just mm -hmm. literally in my bedroom, painting my face, learning to style wigs from YouTube tutorials, like that oh. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. And yeah. That's, that's how I spent those early days. Everybody else was, you know, sourdough starters and tiger. King, and I, was, <laughs> I was, you know, learning to paint my face. <laughs> so but, um, go ahead. Finish oh no, you, please. I, oh. I didn't really have one. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> but you sold me on it. Um, well, I'm just, okay. So there's that gap of I'm in church. I'm, I'm listening to Christian music. I'm doing everything that my family's doing. There are three people in your family who are gay identified queer and with parents that did everything they possibly could to make sure everybody was in, in line with what they believed would be safe for you. And you might and, even say we were groomed or indoctrinated to be yes, straight. That, that would be a word. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and it is, I think I, we all are in some form or fashion as young people. So what did you pursue at, you know, as you got through school, as you were looking at your careers, what was, what was the thought that you had that you would be, even though you knew something else was churning? Do you, do you mean like what, how did I cope? Like, like, yeah. How did you cope with that, that churning? And then if you couldn't be like, if you had been allowed to go into the theater, if you had been mm -hmm. allowed to do all of those things, you might've started your entertainment career earlier. If you had not mm -hmm. been indoctrinated to be straight, you could have maybe come out as a young teen oh, knowing yeah. that they were, they were gay. So, so how, how did that suppression, suppression affect you and what path were you starting to take until the pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'd been on this journey for a long time. I, um, I mean, late bloomer is a theme in my life mm -hmm. for sure. Not just with this, but with a lot of things. And it's, I, I, directly attribute all of that late blooming to my upbringing and the, the evangelical way of life, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, but I had in my in my 20s were basically a decade of coming out, right? So when I first came out, it was to a friend in college. And it was, I pointed to Romans one in the Bible and said, this is what I struggle with. You know, I couldn't say the word gay. Uh -huh. And and eventually, I, I, I was able to like tell people, well, I struggle with same sex attraction, but I'm trying to change I self enrolled in Exodus, I did conversion therapy for five years. I, I planted to the church in San Diego in 2006 with a team of people and um, no, 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 2000. Yeah, 2006. Sorry. And, um, and during that time was when I was really going through my journey uh looking into the bible what does the bible actually say uh what what have i how have i been lied to what have i inherited those kinds mm -hmm. of things what we now call deconstruction but you know mm -hmm. at the time i just was like is this apostasy am i apostasy am i an apostate um mm -hmm. and by the time i turned 28 i was finally ready to say well i'm gay i've tried changing it that's not going to work i've tried the single and celibate thing uh, but at the end of the day, I've, I feel like I, I've learned that I'm not condemned. There's no, there's no condemnation for me. Um, and I want to live a life that looks more like what most people get, which is to have a partner, to love and be loved, um, and to be, to live unburdened from the weight of mm -hmm. feeling like I've got a thorn in my flesh that I have <laughs> to, I have to deal with. Um, mm -hmm. so I, uh, you know, 
fully was out at 28, started dating, then got kicked out of the church that I helped start because of that. Um, and from there, moved into more progressive churches slowly and hesitantly. Like I said, I, I was there were, I was, uh, I struggled with the idea of even calling myself a Christian for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, still do to be frank. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, by the time pandemic had, had rolled around, I had, I had five years of a podcast called heathen under my belt, where I was talking with people much like we're doing right now about their deconstruction journeys, about finding spiritual practices that work for them, that make them feel whole and safe and seen. And um, so really, I, I was kind of primed, you know, when I had all of that time, I had fallen in love with drag in the, the few years prior. Um, and I was like, let's just let's go. Let's paint my face and let's see what happens. And I genuinely, truly never imagined that there would be a career in this for me that the, that I would have a whole second act of life that is just looks wildly different from the first half of my life right yes. i've been a worship i've been a worship leader i've worked in nonprofit communications marketing communications uh for like theaters and uh animal service organizations and that kind of thing and and, and now here i am a full-time entertainer musician yes. songwriter who yes. just happens to do it in drag so yes yes so big pivot <laughs> it's a big pivot big pivot and how did your how did your family take it um, well, it depends on which one you ask. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my siblings are obviously yeah. uh, thrilled and on board and, and love it. Um, I have some aunts and uncles who are on board and love it. Uh, even a couple cousins, uh, actually, well, yeah, quite a few cousins who are, are good. And then, you know, another half that are all in various stages of, well, we don't talk about it. We don't address it. Uh, or if we do like, they make it very clear where they stand, um, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's, it's a spectrum within my family of where people yeah. are. So you're not really free to show up as a drag child of, of God <laughs> at, at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> oh, no, no, that would be probably a, a step too far for many yeah. in the family. Yeah, 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 also, yeah. also, also very uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me. I wouldn't want to yeah. eat like gravy with, yeah. you know, <laughs> my, my sequins on. <laughs> well, and I think that's interesting, that balance of, of knowing how you feel inside and how, how you like to express yourself in the exterior world with your job and with your career. And, um, and then there's the side of you, that's just you, that's not the performer and mm -hmm. you're the brother, the sister, the son, you know, and, and is that a hard shift for you to go from being mailed when you are female as your performer? I mean, yeah, well, part of what drag has done for me is help me, uh, you know, identify my, my gender expression, which is non-binary. So I go by they, them now. And I don't, you know, I, I, I don't like son. I don't like brother. Like I like sibling. I like child. Uh -huh. Um, uh -huh. so, so it, it's that even that is, you know, for sure a point of tension within the yeah, family and yeah. um, one that, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not, I, I like, I, I think you have to like stand up for yourself, obviously. And at the same time, like, for me, I feel like it's important for me to like live in reality and like manage my expectations based on what I uh, know is possible in the current present moment. Mm. So, you know, I don't like, I'm not the kid who's going to like correct my family uh, at every turn when I get misgendered or, or anything like that. Um, I'm going to, you know, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll make it clear one time. And, and if things continue, you know, I will, I, you know, it, for me, again, this is like my mm -hmm. approach, how mm -hmm. I handle it. You know, I, I, I'm okay with, you know, uh, certain family members, ones that I, I have a stronger relationship with. I'm okay with like letting them take their time to get to where they need to be because it took me time. It took yes. me years. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's, we're all on our journeys. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I like to think that I can give them a little bit of space to accommodate their journey. Um, 
because I know that it helped me when people gave me time and space. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's it's absolutely right because, you know, I, I tell people I it took me th 30 years to be able to say that I was gay and mm -hmm. I can't expect for somebody to embrace me the minute I tell them that I am because yeah. they, they are not on, they are not on the train. They, they haven't, they haven't lived what I lived and they've been clueless up until this point. No, not necessarily clueless. I mean, my mother had inklings before I did. She would ask mm. me all through high school if I was gay and I'm like, mm. no, with what I was taught in church. No, I, I can't yeah. do that. No, I'm not that. And I went on my journey and she kept asking me. And then when I was ready to tell her, she instinctively just stopped asking. And I'm like, well, that's mm. not fair. I was waiting for the very next question. I was going to right. tell her <laughs> she wouldn't ask it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. There's. There is an intuitive thing there. My. My. I think my mom knew as well. I know she did because she. You know, when I did finally come out, she was like, "Well, I. I've wondered your whole life." Um, and I think it was that fear of what my answer would be that probably stopped her from mm -hmm. asking as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 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 Well, it's hard not to feel like a, a disappointment when when we know that they all had expectations of who we were. They had it set in stone. Yeah, you know, when you're when you're pregnant, I think you have the like you plan out your child's life. You know, and they, yeah, they got all totally. these big expectations. And and I I always felt like I somehow didn't meet their expectation. Mm -hmm. And and then I I came to know that well. The only expectation I need to meet, meet for me is mine and God's. And, yes. and I've aligned myself with what I believe is my ministry. And it is an ordained ministry, whether I'm an ordained person or not. I've been I've been guided and and brought along this path to be able yeah. to be a light. And and it's for whoever wants to take that light. And it's mm -hmm. not up to them. It never was. It's not up to them. Yes. You know, I think the 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 blunt truth of it is that we are disappointments right we mm. did not meet the expectations that right. were set for us so right. we have disappointed yes. those people um but here's what i think we need to do i think we need to normalize being a disappointment <laughs> <laughs> normalize it it is okay to disappoint people who have expectations on you that yes. you were never that you weren't built to meet that you were not right. intended to meet you weren't created to meet you are not designed to meet and you don't want to meet right right <laughs> normalize that like it is right. okay to be a disappointment to people who put those expectations on you yeah, you, you don't have to live up to that yeah and you they never they never needed to do that because it's not your business who I mm -hmm. am. It's not your yeah. business. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, so, the, well, I, I was just going to say the, um, I'm dealing right now with a, a lot of online, uh, chatter and backlash for mm -hmm. some, some things that have happened in recent weeks. And, um, the few times I choose to engage in a serious way, which I usually don't. Usually I have fun with it and I'm just cheeky and like yeah. I I appreciate the the boost that these people are giving me in the algorithm, right? Like yes. the more they yes. the more they comment on my video, the more people are gonna see it. So thanks. Yeah. Um <clears throat> yeah, but uh when I do choose to engage in a serious way, I almost always find us landing in a place of me saying, well. I don't believe in your version of God. I'm not beholden to you. You don't get to have a say in my life mm -hmm. and how I choose to behave or whatever. And then they come back and say, well, I may not get to have a say in your life, but God does, you know, yeah. like <laughs> they always land on judgment day is coming. You'll be, you'll be held accountable for all of this, blah, blah. And like, I understand that in their mindset, that is a yes. comfort to them. Um, yes. That's a comfort to when they can't, when they find out they can't control us, right? When their their mm -hmm. rules and their uh, expectations, <laughs> when we are okay with being a disappointment, when we finally reach that like level of understanding, when I'm okay with disappointing you and and you and you have to acknowledge that you have no power over me, mm -hmm. then they fall back into that. Well, God will judge you, mm -hmm. and you know, I I I, I understand the impulse, but uh, what what's happening in that exchange is that person is still uh managed by their fear right they are not they have not learned to control their fear they are controlled by it mm -hmm. and for me they they look at it as i'm the one who's taking a big gamble a big risk right like mm -hmm. fine if you want to gamble eternity uh a, a potential <laughs> a potential eternity of suffering and torment that's your choice you get to do that i'm gonna rest secure over here knowing that like I'll be with God in heaven at the end of all this. Um, but at the end of the day, 
we each of us what we both have is purely and exclusively our conviction our belief right we don't have facts we don't know what's happening <laughs> we and 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 i'm sorry you can spin it all you want you can talk about the the the, uh, sh the you know you can least struggle your way into this all you want and say like the case for christ and you know we know but at the end of the day it's what you've chosen to believe mm -hmm. the difference between us <laughs> is i'm choosing my my belief based on what's here and now and the actual experience in front of me, right? right. At the end of all this, if, if at, at, at the very end of all this, at least I know that I gave myself a life where I could be happy, where I could be fulfilled, be whole, express my full, the full range of my creativity, of my mm -hmm. being, do that mm -hmm. here and now, because we mm -hmm. don't know what's coming next. Maybe, maybe there's an even greater, like, next level to all of this existence where we get to like expand even more maybe they're right maybe there is a hell maybe what i'm doing right now in this life is going to earn me a spot in hell but you know what <laughs> if that's true and there is a god who is willing to eternally torture their creations i want nothing to do with that god anyway mm -hmm. so either way mm -hmm. i am basing my the way i choose to live my life based on the here and now and my expression right now on their on their end they're choosing to base their existence here on something they can't know about what's coming next mm -hmm. and so maybe they're depriving <clears throat> themselves here maybe they are making quote-unquote sacrifices here and not living authentically and not being their full selves and not experiencing the full range of their creativity and what if they're wrong you know mm -hmm. what if what if they get to the next level and like they squandered their life yes to me that's the bigger gamble yeah. like that's the, that's they're the ones taking the risk mm -hmm. um and i'm i guess at the end of the day i'm willing to give a middle finger to the god who creates a, an eternal torment for people like i right. that's fine with me mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll, i will go there and uh, gladly and willingly mm -hmm. because i don't want anything to do with that god right. god for me has to be able to love at least as well as I can love, if not better, right? Oh, yeah. If there's a God, that God has to be able to love at least as much as I can. And you know what? I can love my enemies. I have been able to access that part of myself. Good for you. Um, <laughs> occasionally. Uh, occasionally. Let's not, let's, let's let's not, not get not crazy be, with it. <laughs> let's not get crazy. Let's not be deceived. Let's not say I just walk around hugging everyone who comes for me in the comment section. Yeah, especially but, that minister. But I, yeah. <laughs> but I can um i i'm i'm able to like pull back enough and remove myself enough to look at the situation and understand the pain that they're coming from and the yes. hurt that they're dealing with and the fear that rules them yes. and in that in that way i'm able to love that person and, and feel sympathy and compassion for them yes. if god can't do that then that's not a god right I, like i don't know what that is but that's not a god and certainly yes. not one that i would want to worship or give my life to right and thankfully i don't think we have to you know, I yeah, I do believe either. at the end of the day, of course, at the, yeah. at the end of the day. And I believe you, you hit on the, the topic that I always, I always talk about is the fear that we felt fearing that we would go to hell, that there is mm -hmm. condemnation for being gay. And, and those folks who are attacking you and, and us and our, and our life are the ones stuck in that fear. They are so afraid that they lean in and they accept us. They're part of the sin and a mm -hmm. part of the sinning and they'll go to hell yeah. and it's all based in fear. And that's why it's so entrenched in the church is that everybody just kept requoting what they were taught without ever looking deeper, figuring mm -hmm. out what the context was, not at ever admitting in the church that I grew up that Matthew didn't write Matthew or <laughs> <laughs> and my, even my grandfather who was hellfire and brimstone when I was like four ish, five ish. And I said, well, who made God? He said, go to bed. He didn't know. <laughs> He'd been preaching his whole life. He sent me to bed. I thought that I'd done something wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, same. So, I, I remember asking the question in youth group one time, how did Jesus pay? If, if, it, if the cost of my, of one sin from me is an eternity of torment, how did Jesus pay for the sins of everybody in three days? <laughs> like, how did he compress eternity? for the billions of people who have existed, will exist into three days. Like, explain this to me, please. And asking sincerely and genuinely. Yes. And I remember 
remember getting shut down by this <laughs> <laughs> because yeah i don't like, know it's, we, it's it's we have concocted these wild extrapolations from a handful of verses yeah that are are that are already taken out of context themselves so Correct. it's wild that we have just like created an entire <laughs> doctrine and 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 ideology that rules us and fears us and really it does come yes. back to that fear thing i it was does. i've been on i've been on tour in the midwest and um was driving through i can't remember arkansas or somewhere right. and just saw a sign hammered onto a a, a light a light pole light post light post mm -hmm. um there was just a, a white sign with like handwriting on it that just said fear god like oh. period full stop like that's it and i was yeah. just like that's like they don't even they don't even get that their that their whole existence, their whole way of life, yeah. is is coming from a place of fear. Yeah. And I remember I remember sermons being being taught on on mm -hmm. the concept of fear in God and how mm -hmm. oh it's different it's different from like the fear you feel when you like don't know if there's a boogeyman under your bed, but it's not. It's not. It is literally coming from the same place in our bodies. Like our bodies right. are responding in the exact same way. Yes. And. Uh, and it's just so sad to me that that is the it message is. that that they don't even realize they're they're saying. I know. And if they if they would take a minute to just even Google the word fear in Greek, it's more out of honor and respect and awe. It mm. doesn't even mean fear. We've taken yeah. it's sort of like homosexual in the Bible that wasn't there until 1946. I cannot Ooh, wait for yeah. that thing to come out and for all of us to have access to it. I don't I don't know. I don't live anywhere near all those little shows that they do and preview preview things but mm -hmm. i can't wait till that hits the the big screen and people still probably won't believe it and they will call it propaganda and that that's just the way we want it to be but i think it's important for our community to see it because we've been living by those fear mongers and we've been living by how the bible has been interpreted and misinterpreted over the years and we finally will get that clarity that that mm -hmm. word never should have been put in there but yes. the old white boys that <laughs> wanted to continue the fear shut down the young intern that wanted to let them know that that's not quite the right interpretation, but yet it yeah. got in there anyway in 1946. Yeah. So, you know, we have so much still to go through and with the current political situation and, you know, it, it's, it almost feels more oppressive now than it did even four years ago. I, it, the, mm -hmm. Once hate is unleashed and given permission to be it's like now we can't even go down the street without people being just ugly to each other just in general you know if even yeah. if we take out the gay thing this the the uh the energy in the world is all solely what's right for me and i don't care about anybody else at this point it's mm -hmm. just the the feel i'm i'm getting from the from the energy and it's um it's troublesome uh, for me. So how do you feel? Have you seen in your in your own work, are people more afraid to book you for certain events? I, I know that even in the brewery where I live, we had a we had uh, Brenda, the drag queen had come to this brewery several times. And Joel is an amazing uh, brew master. I mean, he's just great. And he's always open to everybody being family. And um mm -hmm. And and she had to be canceled one time because our Proud Boys in the area had made such a significant threat that they didn't feel like they could keep her safe or anybody else safe. So have yeah. you have you had anything canceled or changed because of of any of that activity in the world where you go? Um, I'm sure that there are bookings that I haven't gotten mm -hmm. uh, for that reason, uh, but nothing that I've actually booked has been canceled. We did have to. Um, go on the defense and sue a district attorney in East Tennessee who Ooh. tried to, yeah, who tried to shut down that actually the, the Blunt County pride that you mentioned in the bio at the beginning there back in September. Um, that had been on the books for a long time. And uh, I was literally moving cross country when that performance happened. I literally planned our move to pull into East Tennessee oh. um, with the U-Haul, do a, do my show and then leave <laughs> and, and keep moving. Oh, um, wow. and, while we were in Albuquerque, I got a call from the Pride organization, uh, Blunt Pride, and they said, oh, we are, they're, they're trying to enforce the drag ban, and we've enlisted the ACLU. Um, would you 
consider being on this lawsuit with us. It would lend some more um, support to have have one of the performers who's being impacted by this law to to have your voice on the lawsuit. And I was like, absolutely, of course, putting on there. <laughs> um, so we sued and uh, we got a, a temporary restraining order. The lawsuit is, is ongoing even right now. Um, and will ultimately determine the drag ban because it's now been coupled with a suit out of Memphis as well. So this lawsuit will ultimately determine the status of the drag ban in Tennessee uh, when that ruling comes down. But um, uh, I, yeah, we got a temporary restraining order. And although there were protesters there mm -hmm. and police, police clearly, like local police, were not interested in uh, supporting us, they had to. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, they, 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 it's their job to provide the security there. And, uh, but it was, it was not a comfortable situation by any means, but we had our pride. No one got arrested. No one was hurt. Protesters stayed in their designated area. We had our pride area. And um, so, yeah, you know, I'm the, the, the longer I do this, the more I know that I'm going to encounter those mm -hmm. situations where the Proud Boys mm -hmm. are going to show up at a show or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, uh, but so far, I've been, you know, blessed yeah. and highly favored and lucky. <laughs> like, good, good. Um, uh, we, we've been we've been safe. I haven't seen mm. uh, any altercations or anything face to face at at any of my shows. So, and that is so scary to me. You know, I, I it, it's just all scary to me, and I don't I don't understand why we have to why <laughs> me we have neither. to. But you know, me it's. Neither. it's... The, yeah. This is the only thing I'm thinking, and and this could be totally totally wrong um because i did get a ba in theology but i found out it was just a ba in bad doctrine so, <laughs> so I, don't really, I don't really count it but here's my belief is that you know in the in the lord's prayer where it says you know thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven wherever that may or may not be and mm -hmm. and my jewish friends believe that one the messiah has not come and that we are all working together to make this a better place for the for the Messiah to come back to us here and on mm. earth will be our heaven because it will be transformed. Mm. And so I think that if that, if that inkling is correct or whether the Messiah has come or hasn't come, and we'll all be surprised one day, but we are not doing the job we need to do to love the greatest commandment. I don't care who you are or what faith you believe in. Love is always the central core part of that faith or that belief. And we are not loving our neighbor. We are not loving ourselves. You've learned to love yourself in your full expression of God's glory. I've learned to love myself and no one can put their shame on me. So mm -hmm. we are now an extension of that kind of love that we're now putting out into the world as selflessly as we can, is that I love you as you are and as you are created to be. And that means that if you love me, you're not going to kill me. You're not going to harm me. You're not going to ban me. You're not going to be ugly to me online. Mm -hmm. And if you call yourself a Christian, which Jesus was not, by the way, mm -hmm. <laughs> he was Jewish. Um, mm -hmm. But if you want to be a Jesus follower, you have to love just as well as he loved. And that means that social justice, being proud of who you are, knowing that all people are accepted at the table. And if you're not doing that, then you still have a journey to do in order to get this heaven on earth ready. Mm, yeah. So, so we, we just, we've lost the love button and it's really hard to get that back <laughs> through all the fear <laughs> and mm. all of the angst, but yeah. we're not done. We're still above ground, still breathing. And it is my mantra that as long as I'm still above ground and still breathing, I'm not done. And I'm still working for that love to come. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you bring it. You bring it, my friend. You bring it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I like what you said about that 1946 documentary, uh, you know, won't change minds, won't change every mind. Mm -hmm. Right. But mm -hmm. it, it's more for us. Right. It's more for, yes. for the people who. And that's kind of how I look at my quote unquote ministry, which, again, yes, a it word is that, a ministry. that I, it feels <laughs> sticky in my mouth. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, that's how I look at my ministry, too. Like, I'm not here for them. I'm not here to change their minds. That's like, right. if it happens along the way, and it has. Mm -hmm. uh, then great. That's mm -hmm. fabulous. That's wonderful. But uh, first and foremost, I do what I do for me. And yeah. that's a, that's a thing I had to be liberated from, you know, was the mm -hmm. idea that that's selfish or that's, you know, what, I, no, 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 mm -hmm. no. Like I, I, mm -hmm. because when I feed myself, when I am whole, when I know that they can't put their shame on me, like you, sh like you just said, 
um, then I'm I'm liberated in a way that makes me available for other yes. people. Like it, yes. it makes it makes my work more effective for other folks. Yes. And um and beyond that, my my focus is for queer people and specifically queer people who have grown up in oppressive high demand religion. So that's mm -hmm. that's why I do mm -hmm. what I do. That's who I do it for. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's I I I have no expectation that a drag queen in Christian music is gonna like suddenly like have have light bulbs go on with all the gatekeepers like i know that's not going to happen but that's not why i do it well right and and yet your songs are so liberating to people like i heard your song good day after i had come through my journey if i had heard that song earlier and you claiming you know your authentic self and that you are can you can come back to church and you can be in mm -hmm. the front pew and you're not mm -hmm. going to be you know taken out or that you you have a right to be there that's the, that's what i got from that song that you have a right to mm -hmm. be in the front pew and not hide and not feel shamed you mm -hmm. know, you have every right because you are god's creation as well and that yeah. oh my gosh i i'm just telling you i play it to myself all the time <laughs> <laughs> i put it on my instagrams <laughs> or oh, whatever maybe it's it. Maybe it's TikTok. I can't remember where I can find yours, if it's Instagram or TikTok, but there is a thing that I can I can download, and it's on several of mine because uh, I just love that song so much. So, you know, let's uh, – I know I know that we're pressing a little bit of time. So what is your final thought when, you, when we think about the people behind us that haven't quite liberated themselves, they, they're still living in that fear? What do you want to say to those people specifically today? You know, I, I, I don't want to put any added pressure mm -hmm, on people mm -hmm. because it is hard enough. Mm -hmm. It is hard enough to uh, navigate your interior world when the exterior world is so hostile to you. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, you know, I always want them to know that there's a place for, for you. There is a um, whole community that you can't yet conceive of. And I know because I was there, I didn't, I truly genuinely believe yes. if I left, if I, uh, you know, deconstructed my faith, if I were to go looking for progressive spirituality or anything mm -hmm. like that, I was going to end up in, uh, with a needle in my arm in a gutter. Like I genuinely yep. believed that was yep. the future that awaited me. Mm -hmm. And I can just promise you that there is a whole community of people that you can't even conceive of yet who are going to embrace mm -hmm. you, welcome you. Mm -hmm become stronger uh, companions, stronger advocates for you than you've ever experienced in your life. And um, the, 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 the cliche, the mantra, it gets better is true. It, it, it gets harder too. Mm -hmm. um, it, gets, uh, it gets a lot of things, but there is a significant part of your life that improves mm. when you embrace who, who you are meant to be. Yes. Who, who you're created to be, who you are born as, however you want to phrase it. <laughs> um, if you can love yourself, uh, then that that to me is the proof that God loves you because mm -hmm. there's no separation. There's no that's separation right. between us and God. And that is what, that's the, the, the lie that has been sold mm -hmm. to generations is mm -hmm. that we have to access God by whatever means, you know, mm -hmm. whether that is substitutionary penal atonement, Jesus on a cross, whether that is a, a church, an mm -hmm. organization that uh, has access to God that can grant <clears throat> you access, those kinds of things. No, there is no separation between you and the divine. Absolutely. You have the divine like coursing through your veins. It is in your body, mm -hmm. it is in your spirit. And um, yeah, you're just, you're so much more loved than you know. Amen. Amen. And does Amy Grant know that she has you? <laughs> you ad admiring her from your name <laughs> she, she does she does know um i haven't yet met her or spoken with her i've talked to plenty of people who have and and who uh, -huh. uh who do know her um and i know that she and her team are you know kind of they've, they've seen what's happened obviously and, yep. and um, <laughs> from what i've heard the report is that they're they're cheering me on and Good for her. Um, they're happy for what's going down i know that she uh a friend of hers actually bought one of my vinyls nice, and had me sign it to her. Oh, um, so I know that that, that that's cool. She was given, 
yeah, given the gift of one of my records. Uh, and I, when that happened, I was like, my hands were shaking. I was like, I don't oh. know what to say. I'm <laughs> signing this to Amy directly. What do I say? Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, I'm envisioning and putting it out there that you guys are going to do a duet at some point and it's going to be awesome and fabulous. <laughs> oh, and oh and Flamey will be all she is created to be. <laughs> mm. So I want mm. to thank you. I know. Wouldn't that be the day? That that yeah, would be that a would good be the day. day. <laughs> that would be the day. <laughs> Just wait, wait for the song I write when that happens. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I can't wait. I'm excited. So I want to thank you, Flamey, for honoring us with your story and and being on the podcast. I thank you so very much for coming. It's my, been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh huh. And I and I I. I've got things that we're going to collaborate on. Just wait. Just wait till I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want to connect more with Flamey Grant, you can do so on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, threads. Flamey is available to delight you in, in her posts. And they are always on point with their performances. You can see all of Flamey's links on the show page, Gay With God, at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. And while you're online, check out our Facebook group, Gay With God, where we do monthly Zoom groups entitled My Faith Journey. And I am going to be starting, instead of the Ask Me Anythings, now we're going to be starting the Gay With God Book Club. Now that the book is out and the memoir is getting great reviews. So if you've ordered your book on Amazon or book.org or any other uh, indie bookstore, please bring that to one of my events and I'll be glad to sign it for you. And if you will email your proof of purchase, you can get into the book club. Let's just have a great time talking about this and I'm available uh, to open up myself to you during the Gay With God book club. If you have your own book club and you want to use my memoir as your next read, please invite me on Zoom to join you if you are doing your book club on Zoom or if you want to have a Zoom event, even if you meet together. And if I'm local, I'd be glad to come join you for one of your sessions or uh, just have a, a time to talk with you and ask any questions that you have. So via Zoom or if I can get to your, your book club, I would love to join you for a Q&A at any point. If you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQIA+, or not even sure if you're gay, God has always been within you, even when you didn't know it. You have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.